Welcome back to Observing the Sabbath. I'm your host, Nathaniel Molnar, and we are back concluding our look at Black Sabbath's third studio album, Master of Reality. We went through and listened to all the songs and talked about them. I did my album review. I compiled them into a long podcast episode. And now we're closing off before we go into volume four by taking a look at your thoughts and your comments that you leave in the comment section on every video. So I'm going to take a look at these and then we're going to jump in in the next part of our series looking at volume four. So let's take a look at these comments. And our first comment is starting off on the Sweet Leaf video. Our first comment is from Frank the Rabbit 47 who writes, You guys are underrated. Well, I appreciate that, Frank. Um, and of course, he's referring to me and Johnny Gifford who helps out on a few of our videos for every single album. Uh, I, I love having Johnny on. I love having guests on to talk about these different albums because... There's a distinct difference between me, myself, just kind of rambling on about an album and having someone else to kind of bounce ideas off of, to bring a new perspective. Uh, and so I always love having Johnny on to help talk about some of these, uh, some of these albums and some of these songs. And I appreciate that. So thank you so much for watching, Frank. Our next comment comes from Kyler Millsap, who writes, very nice one. I love people diving into these types of albums. Yeah, I, I, before I started observing the Sabbath, I did a, a pretty big dive into a bunch of different Sabbath related YouTube channels and video series, just kind of, you know, as I was trying to flush out in my head what I wanted to do with this channel, I wanted to see what other people were doing. And I found a lot of reactions and people just kind of listening to songs for the first time. And what I really was looking for, and I'm sure it's out there, I just didn't necessarily find it uh, upon my first pass on YouTube, was I didn't really find people who had already had a long history with Sabbath digging in to these albums and really kind of talking about it from that sort of perspective as opposed to a lot of these videos where people are listening to it for the first time. Uh, and so that was something that I really wanted to bring to Sabbath uh, and to observing the Sabbath was listening to these songs, listening to these albums from the perspective of someone who has heard them countless times and is really sort of analyzing them from that perspective so i i'm glad you appreciate that i'm glad that you enjoy it um and if there are other youtube channels and other people who are doing similar sorts of things from that sort of perspective of they already know the albums they know the songs and they're just kind of giving their thoughts and analysis having already listened to it a bunch of times please do uh link them in the comment section i'd love to check some of them out all right, and our next one is from the After Forever video, and our comment comes from uh, SHSPURS1, S-H-S-P-U-R-S-1, who writes, A song about someone trying to convert someone he sees as an easy target. I wish those lyrics weren't still relevant, but sadly they are very relevant. And then this user and I kind of went back a little bit and forth, uh, just kind of talking about our different interpretations, which I think that's a great interpretation of the song. Uh, and it actually does make me look at the song a little bit differently, uh, because it does have that, and I believe I kind of commented on this in the actual video, but it does sort of have like an antagonistic tone to the song. 
and I think that really brings a lot of richness. And of course, this user was pointing out some comments that uh, Geezer Butler, who writes all the songs, or most of them at least, said about the song. So there's a lot of different things in there as to what this song means and what it's about. Uh, and, I, and I completely agree. I think there's a lot of layers with a lot of Sabbath songs. There's a lot of layers to the song. There's a lot of layers to the instrumentation and the guitar and the bass and the drums. And there's a lot going on in general. And I think that's just one of the things that makes After Forever so great. All right, our next one is from our Embryo slash Children of the Grave song. And user Aiden123ism wrote, when are you doing the next song? So not really a comment or, or well, it is a question, but it's not really a comment. I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of say, and I expressed it to this, uh, this YouTube user uh observing the sabbath is something i started back in march and of course back in march is when we had the first initial lockdown with the uh covid19 pandemic and so i had a lot of time on my hands and so i had the ability to film and put out these videos on a daily basis of course now we're in november entering december and it's a little bit different now I have a full-time job, I have multiple projects that I'm working on, and so as I'm sure for people who watch this YouTube channel have noticed, uh, there are some laps uh, between videos, both between segments, between albums, and within albums. And I try to do the best that I can, but I don't have all the time in the world. Maybe once we have the next lockdown, whenever that happens. Um, I'll have some more time to be able to get through some of these albums, but I try to do it uh, when I can, as much as I am able to, um, and sometimes I do need people to just kind of nudge me, because I remember uh, when I put out that video, it had been a little bit before uh, I put out the next video, and I saw that comment, it's like, hey, when are you guys doing the next one? I'm like, alright, I guess I gotta get back on this and need to put out the next one, so... If I take too long to put out a video, do call me out on it, uh, because I probably deserve it. Uh, but just know that I have a lot of other things going on, multiple different projects and things I'm working on at the same time. And so I'm not able to devote as much time to this channel uh, as I did initially when I started it back in March. So just keep that in mind, but definitely do call me out if I take too long to put something out. All right, and our next comment comes from our video for Solitude, and this comes from D.B. King, who writes, I think Ozzy's voice often has a manic, unhinged style which fits the lyrical content and the style of the music. An example is his voice on War Pigs. To me, Ozzy sounds like a manic preacher wailing his sermon. So often, I think the voice of vocalists should fit the character of the music and its art rather than just demonstrating technical ability. I think punk movement and new wave demonstrated this. Other singers like this are Ian Curtis, John Lydon, Ian Dury, and Liam Gallagher. Well, thank you for the comment, DB King, and I completely agree with everything you're saying. Ozzy's voice so totally does just fit the tone and the style of the music, and that's part of what makes it work so well. Um, if you want more of my thoughts on it, uh, Johnny and I, in our, I believe it was our electric funeral video, we did a deep dive talking about Ozzy's voice and all these different elements that you're talking about, but specifically relating to Solitude, some of what makes that song so great uh, and just shows Ozzy's ability as a vocalist, really truly his ability as a vocalist, is his ability to adapt and change to the style of the song as you are mentioning. You know, he doesn't have a one-size-fits-all 
tone. He He's able to manipulate his voice and work to what the song requires him to be and requires of him. And I think that's just part of what makes him as great as he is, is that he isn't just one note. He isn't just one trick pony. You know, he's able to really fit the tone of his voice for what the song requires and what the tone of the song is. And so I think that's a very good observation. Uh, and I think you're exactly right on that. All right, and our next comment comes from our Into the Void video, and this comment comes from Jacob Freiberger, apologize if I butchered the pronunciation, who writes, Greatest band of all time, Ozzy Era. Nobody made songs like Sabbath. They did more in one song than other bands did in two or three songs. And their songs always changed and took you somewhere you'd never think you were going to go, and they always brought it back. Ozzy's vocals and the way he changed his voice isn't comparable, really, and their lyrics were arguably the deepest and most creative there ever were. I mean, a national acrobat, for example, is so complex, I bet 90% of the people can't tell you what it's about. The band wasn't the same without Ozzy. He was too big of a piece and too unique. Nobody drummed like Bill. Every song was a long solo, basically. Geezer never played bass before Sabbath, so he played it like a rhythm guitar, which allowed Tony to do whatever the hell he wanted. It drives me crazy that people don't see them for what they really were. Very well said. Very well said, Jacob. Uh, I completely agree with everything you're saying. You know, for me, Black Sabbath is the four of them. It's Ozzy, it's Tony, it's Geezer, it's Bill. And uh, I get a lot of shit for it. I get a lot of shit for people who say, oh, well, you just don't give the Dio years or Tony Martin years. You don't give them uh, enough of a chance. And you know what? Maybe I don't. But to me, I kind of categorize that. That's something else. You know, that's just, that's not Sabbath to me. To me, Black Sabbath is 1970s Black Sabbath through Never Say Die in 1978. Those eight albums, that is Black Sabbath. I do kind of throw in 13, and I know Bill's not the drummer on that, so it's sort of like a loose connection. It's sort of like a, like, you've got the eight, and then you have that ninth album that sort of is, sort of isn't, but it is mostly... Uh, to me, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that I listen to music, but it's less jarring to have a change in the drummer than it is to have a change in the lead vocalist, because the entire tone of the, the, the sound of the song, just by changing the vocalist from Ozzy to Dio, it shifts, it changes. Uh, that sort of drastic change and shift doesn't happen to the same degree with replacing the drummer. So... I know, like, I'm saying, oh, well, Black Sabbath is those four people, and then I kind of count 13, even though it's not those four people, but that's sort of my mentality, like, Black Sabbath is those eight, and then I kind of throw in 13 as the number nine, but when I look at the other eras of Black Sabbath, the Dio years, the Tony Martin years, any anything like that, those are kind of categorized in my head as their own separate thing, you know? So I don't really view those as Black Sabbath because I completely agree. Black Sabbath is those four people, them working together, them building on each other, them growing together. Um, and so you really see that sort of evolution and that growth and that change over those uh, eight years, over those eight albums, that period of time. That's really what Black Sabbath is, to me at least. And I, I fully respect people who... Um, you know, I, I think part of it is also that I come from it, uh, I didn't live through the years that these, this music was coming out. 
So I could totally see how somebody growing up who maybe they were a kid when the, you know, in like 1976, 77, 78, when the last Sabbath, uh, Aussie Sabbath albums were coming out and they knew of Black Sabbath from there and they loved all those albums. And then the new stuff came out and it has Dio and then it come, has Tony Martin. For someone who is experiencing those albums as they come out, I can totally understand why that may be more of your, uh, of what you hold Black Sabbath to be. And that's part, that's more of what the Black Sabbath identity is to you. I completely understand that. That makes complete sense to me. Uh, but for someone who's kind of after it's all been out, after it's all came out, um, the only Sabbath album that I ever got to experience coming out was 13. Um, but for someone who's kind of looking at it all in retrospect, Black Sabbath is those original eight albums. But that's just me. I, and I completely respect everyone else's opinion. All opinions are valuable uh, and all opinions matter. Uh, well, for the most part. All right, and our final comment today also comes from our Into the Void video, uh, and Car Car Jinx. <laughs> car Car Jinx. I didn't really read the uh, the name too thoroughly until just now. Car Car Jinx. That's, that's, that's funny. I give you points for that. Car Car Jinx writes, Actually, pollution was far worse in the 1960s and early 70s. This is why it's such a frequent topic in music and television during the era. Uh... The Cuyahoga, I'm going to totally mispronounce this, I apologize. The Cuyahoga River, totally butchered that, was so polluted in industrial waste that it caught fire 14 times. The EPA was created in 1970 to deal with the problem and brought regulations that put an end to the rampant dumping of toxic waste. America is far cleaner today than it has been in a very long time. And I responded to this user a little bit. We went back and forth a little bit because this kind of originates from uh, in the video we were talking about how, you know, it was sort of like a like a very progressive issue to be talking about pollution in the way that they were in Into the Void uh, in 1971 when the album came out. And it's a very good point that you, you pointed out all this. There absolute, I, I don't think I was trying to insinuate or if I was, I was mistaken, that there was no pollution in 1970, or that it wasn't an issue at all, but rather that it, it, it's not, I don't know, it, it, it's tough. I, I completely agree with everything you're saying, except for the part where you said that America is far cleaner today than it was before. I still think we have plenty of pollution issues, with obviously with climate change being like the existential threat that it is right now. Um, but I completely agree with everything you're saying. You know, there, it, I guess it's more of a, it, it's more now something that people more talk about and recognize than it was. And now it's something that we're more aware of, uh, in this present day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I wasn't alive at the time, so I'm kind of in, in many respects talking out my ass, but I will say, uh, I do think that we, we absolutely, while we've made some progress with the EPA and everything, there's also been a lot of things pulled back. But this is also not a political show. I don't really want to get into the, the political nature of it, other than commenting on what the songs comment about, which is what this issue is at hand. So, uh, good observation. Thanks for pointing that out. And I think that just uh, helps us uh, enrich our appreciation of the song and the contextual nature of the song just a little bit more. So that's going to do it. Those are all of our comments 
for the Master of Reality album series. So thank you for watching them and do come back when we dive into volume four. So until next time, I'm Nathaniel Molnar. Thank you for watching.